podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hello, guys. And George. Welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, This week, we're reviewing a pretty good week of podcasts. Uh, We got Tim Pool on, uh, Jessime Peluso, Jack Carr, and uh, the end of the week was Lonzo Bowden, uh, one of Joe's good friends and the winner of last comic stand-up or standing. That's it. Ah. He's excellent. Um, so how you how you doing, George? What's your week oh, been like? Man. My week was crazy with Joe Rogan's Cash App. Do you remember when we spoke about Cash App and I had to install it and I used the Justin Rents life for the forgotten to save yeah yeah you you won a hundred bucks right dude i won a hundred bucks then i start buying stocks um all the money that i became so obsessed every single day i was waking up i was going to is nothing to do at work i'm just freaking sitting there i am right now a security guard this is the job that i found available this is where i can make some money is nothing going on there so i just started using cash app from Joe Rogan and buying stocks and um, basically doing almost day trades. I can do only three trades in five rolling days period. And you making any money? Dude, I made like in airlines about 700 bucks. I made in tech for one month. I am playing this. I didn't tell you about it. Uh-uh. Since we, we started the podcast. Holy and crap. You made 700 bucks. Nice. 700 then i sold everything then i bought again into airlines and warren buffett sold all his uh, american stocks in the airlines and i lost 700 dollars in oh dear the last three days yeah yeah that stuff's complicated man i don't i don't do a lot of that i don't know what's going on i'm too stupid to guess that basically but right anyway. now yeah Fuck well it. that's Let's good make this at least stuff. Hey, at least you once you made some, and it's unfortunate you lost it, but pretty good. Maybe try again and do better. Well, I still own the same value shares of the stocks. Like I still uh, own the money that I invested. I just have to wait for the stock to go back up. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, the, it'd probably even out, right? Well, the when the airlines are gonna start flying again. That's it. I know. There's some cheap flights, man. You can fly to. Chicago from LA for like $35 right now. It's crazy. They return. Like, that's insane. It's probably more expensive to get an Uber to the airport from my place. There are too many planes on the ground right now. That's why the guys yeah. sold all his stock. It's crazy. It makes sense. All right, so what we've got this week, what was your favorite one? What stood out for you? Tim Pool. T- you like Tim Pool, did you? I like it. I fell asleep yeah. when he started talking about the UFOs. I went right nanny. <laughs> Tim's good, though. I, I like him coming on. Uh, let's start with Tim's, then, because I want to end with Jack Carr. That was my favorite, the former Navy SEAL that wrote the book. And uh, so, yeah, let's get started with, with Tim Pool. 1465. Uh, so Tim Pool is a journalist, and uh, I think he used to work for uh, Vice. A uh, young guy, uh, pretty hyperactive, speaks really quickly. Um 
but definitely a smart smart dude for sure and um ever since he's been coming on rogan i've really enjoyed him coming on and, and just giving it's like a bit of fresh air for like news and information i like his style um and he has a, a sweet travel van that he showed up with which sounded really cool like all run by solar panels and i guess he's like trekking across the country in that thing which is that's it's a pretty cool time to do it where did you drove it from uh i don't know where he came from i think the east coast somewhere i think that's where he is i don't know that's exactly but it, it was a long drive i think three days of I, driving maybe. i could be wrong do what maybe three four days of driving yeah i'm not sure it sounded like he'd been on the road a while he did talk about going through new mexico um and that's kind of the route i mean if you're coming from further east like you might go down what would that be like i-40 basically like route 66 way kind of come mm. around to the to the west i used to make that drive quite a bit it's a lot of work but maybe if you got a cool van it's uh it's all about so uh what did, what did you like the most about tim what's your like perception of him i like the how he uh, does his research man and how his mind works he's a very intelligent uh, dude yeah do you have any examples yeah. of of what stood out for you No, I don't. Can you refresh my... Because I smoke a lot of weed. Just uh, let's... <laughs> let's so do I, man. It's okay. Don't worry. Give me some. Um, well, yeah. So... Um, so after he came he, on... A, he sat down in he a He did chair. talk what a did lot about kind of... He t yeah. talked a bit about the trip, tribalism. They covered the trip. They said, oh, you came here in a van, blah, blah, blah. They started. They finished that. And then? Yeah. Um, let me think. He, he did talk a lot about tribalism. You know, like how we're... We kind of forget that we're very tribal as people. And during this um, pandemic, you know, people have come together in, in their own little tribal sense. Like, people want to reopen now. So they're mm -hmm. showing up at, like, town halls. They've got guns. They're saying, let us out, you know. And it's that's kind of, like, tribal energy in a sense. Um, just talking about kind of, like, the sociology of people. Uh, which which I I found really interesting. I thought his take on that was was pretty fascinating. Yeah, uh, and you know that's why I'm asking because he had a couple of good points that I forget right now completely. I didn't take any notes. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, but but he's basically saying people want it out. You know, they don't want to be stuck at home anymore. I'm sure a lot of people listening feel the same way. If you've not been working, I mean, it, it's like okay, we want to be safe, but maybe enough's enough. Let's let's get out. Let's get back to real life. Yeah. And I, I, it seems even for me in my personal life, I am having contact with more people. I'm How the so? type of guy, I, I just don't have any m many friends. I have like five total that I, I speak with. And my family, that's it, my brothers. So now I'm speaking with more people. I'm going on Facebook, doing like live show. Hey, worker, is this, is that. Crazy. I went to the yeah. grocery store the other day and I started uh, speaking with a uh, couple of ladies. One uh, in front of me, one behind me. Well, look and, at you. And, uh, yeah, old ladies. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. They were like, uh, one was maybe 60s and 50s. One of them, she was a little wacky. I just gave her the start and she started 
she wouldn't stop talking. And the other one, yeah. she was more of retreat, but exactly like you say, the tribal instinct from us, we start talking, oh, and we were sharing, well, we are here in the line, and uh, they should do the line from the other side, and all this type of language. It's a, yeah. I think people want to connect, you know, they want to g- get back to connecting and, and engaging. Uh, I see when I go outside, like I notice more people are like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need anything? You know, how how's everything been with this, this, uh, um, you know, with the pandemic and the quarantining and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if they do it around where you are, but here in Santa Monica at 8 p.m., almost the whole city howls it's a thing that they do here they howl like a like a dog or a wolf they're like oh and they do it (laughs) to because they want to get out they want they want this to end they want the quarantine to end so it's just like this fun thing but in a sense that's kind of tribalistic too it's like a lot of people do it they come together it's like we're all on in this together and i think it's i think it's pretty fun you know, in a way to see that. I mean, it's definitely a positive thing that's come out of this. I just left from work earlier, 20 minutes ago, and my co-worker goes, oh yeah, man, I miss going to the cinema. I said, you miss going to the cinema? But, uh, oh yeah, they, now they release all these movies, they come up with a movie, boom, directly on DVD. You mean streaming? Yeah, streaming. So, I was thinking of AMC. The stock is so low right now. You can buy AMC. If you think people are going to go back to the cinemas? I don't think I so. Would, no chance. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I said, you don't yeah. watch like a huge TV at home? I think they're going to close. I think a lot of the movie theaters are going to close. I don't know what's going to happen, but this industry was generating billions of dollars, dude. Yeah, but people can buy it now from their house. I mean, as long as people are still paying, you know, they just need to sell the movie show for the same price as a ticket. Or maybe right. less, because they don't have to pay for a movie theater. And they, the maybe they make thing? their money that way. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just the thing of the past. Maybe sitting with a bunch of people watching a movie is just not how people are going to do it anymore. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some that stay open. But I, I've got a feeling the majority of them are going to close, and people aren't going to go back for a while. That's but just do you think a people I mean, going to fly again, bro? Because what I, where, where the money, the money that I lost is Southwest Airlines. Do you think people going to fly again in the airplanes, and airplanes going to be full? And oh yeah, and we're going to. I don't socialize? know. I mean, people have to fly. They, you know, for work and travel and. You know, they're going to want to fly, and if tickets are cheap enough, they're put up with sitting next to people. I mean, yeah, maybe people will just wear their masks all the time. Who knows? Travel where? Tim Pool was saying that one another guy he heard, we're going to have one month closed, and then another month open. Another maybe. two months. That's nuts. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's it's so hard to, to guess. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what Tim was getting at in this podcast. It's like, what what is happening? I mean, they talk about the Trump uh, travel bans, you know. So he bans travel. He gets a lot of criticism. They talked about this. And, um, you know, when you look back on it, it was a good move. They had to ban travel. He did it fairly early. He banned it from China almost immediately. And mm-hmm. it helped slow the spread. I mean, it was it was a good move. 
So we're gonna but become tribes again. Do you remember in a past in history? You don't remember because you didn't live that long. But the we were separate, right? In America here, there were some different kind of people, indigen indigenous people, is it? Yeah, Indians. Na yeah, well, Native and Americans. They had no they connection with uh, Queen. No, correct. And the pilgrims you, you're from left. England. Yes, I am. Right. So, right now, if we don't allow the Chinese to come to America, it's going to be kind of the same. We are separating. You're going to go to China and gonna be, wow, we discovered the new world. In it, well, I don't know. I mean, we're still connected in a lot of other ways, and there still is traveling. I mean, we, they're, they're still going to... Information flows really fast these days, so it's not like we're cut off there. Um, we're still going to get exposure. But, yeah, maybe people won't travel to between those countries as much anymore, at least for a while. I wanted to buy some stocks with Joe Rogan's cash app. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Justin Rents uh, from Save the Pygmies in, uh, in The Forgotten. Yep. And uh, I didn't buy any Chinese stocks. They have like Google, Chinese Google. They have all kinds of stuff that you can buy. And I was like, hmm, man, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying internal. I'm buying. That's why I said I'm gonna do such a great investment. I'm gonna buy American uh, airlines. I mean, Southwest Airlines, but it's American here, made in America. You know, Trump is gonna support that. I'm gonna be fine with my money. Proves that it's not. Right. You know, but Chinese, I didn't buy, and I'm not a Chinese racist. With the okay, well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. But yeah, who knows how those stocks will go? I mean, this is a volatile time to get into stocks. I would imagine it's probably difficult to to gauge what's happening in the market. With, However, with did Timpul mention that China is back in business, or I heard that on somewhere else? Because China seems like uh, that's it. They're back in the street. The businesses are opening. And we are just five months behind, maybe? Yeah, I, I haven't heard a lot of what they're saying over there. What did you think about when Tim talked a bit about universal basic income? And like everybody getting enough money to survive, which is kind of what's happening now in some ways with the corona relief and unemployment and these stimulus checks. Um, you know, do you think that that is, it's a good idea for for society or does it take away people's incentives do you think people just won't want to work because they don't need to because they have you know they get given free money when did you w visit UK last time um let me see do, do, do. it was about uh, just over a year ago about a year and a half when when you visited it was that law when the restaurants they're not allowed to throw food away uh, um the restaurants weren't allowed to throw food i i don't know i hadn't heard about this i think they're just starting implementing something of this sort of law however imagine you know i used to work in a restaurant man before they right. throw so much food and i can only imagine if all this food is not being thrown in a sense of having a responsibility as a restaurant owner to report the quantity of the food and uh, if it's too much you're gonna pay for it you know what I mean if you throw food you have to pay right. a fine or something like that um, in a communist age I'm combining your ideas so just 
buried me for a second. Before the guy got shot, which was the leader of 23 million people, was keeping them under control. If this dude would give the people freedom and also his magnificent plan to build feeding locations where you, Adam Thorne, and your family would come every day and you would have three meals a day. Kind of like universal uh, income of food. So your food is for sure. You're not gonna, it's gonna be kind of like a cantina. I mean, you're not gonna have everything that you would like, like calamari. Maybe they don't have calamari that day. That would be so sustainable in this day and age, 2020, when we have access to these computers so fast. This uh, crypto connection and all these servers, dude, you can manage food for the planet. It's a plan that needs to be implemented. Yeah. Are oh, you saying like let supercomputers figure out how to feed everybody? Not the supercomputer. We figure out how to feed everybody with the help of the supercomputers. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, and control the production of um, assets, uh, like everything that we produce, food, world, the whole thing. This should be in a, some kind of uh, world fund. I'm not mistaken, but Joe was actually talking about this, uh, a similar concept. Not in uh, this on episode. this podcast. Not on this podcast. Oh. some part. I'm a big fan. I'm listening. So. Oh, I gotcha. Well, yeah. it makes sense. Makes sense uh, for sure. I mean, yeah. that would be a good move. Why not? I'm sure they have computer models that kind of try to run and predict these things um, to help out. I mean, there's a lot of people. Seven billion. I mean, <coughs> we gotta we gotta think about those things. It, I'm gonna do ask you, you like differently. When how how come Google and Apple shook hands for the tracking, the trace tracking, whatever the hell, to track your cell phone to see where you at? What do you mean they shook hands? With the, um, they are uh, they shook hands in a contract of collaboration to form this online database. So they have the program ready with all the entire population of the United States, all the location of every each individual, it's in one database from those two companies combined, Apple and Google. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and they just need the government approval for the green light to start using the information. And you would basically just, you have an app pop up from the government in your phone and say, Boop, this is the coronavirus checkup. Now we're tracking you to see all your uh, human connections. In case you get infected, we're going to keep tracking this and eliminate yeah. the virus. I mean, it's, it's a That's smart move for eliminating the virus, but I don't like the sound of it. It's too much control. So I don't like pass. that kind of control. It didn't in pass. South we're good. Yeah, in South Korea and China, it was already passed. They invented it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we didn't here. We've more freedom, and I'd rather, I'd rather believe that we could figure it out another way than just, like, massive surveillance. Talking about kind of, like, along the lines of conspiracies, they uh, ended a lot of their talk with, with that new UFO video that the Pentagon released that just shows 
these UFOs traveling really, really quickly. And Joe made an interesting point. He said that, uh, uh, what did he say? He said, you know, that this is crazy thing. And then they talked a lot about Bob Lazar and Tim's not really, doesn't really believe it necessarily. But Joe said, what a crazy time that because there's this pandemic going on, they release this information and it's not like the top story. It's not like the biggest news. Like people are so concerned about this pandemic that the idea that yeah the pentagon just um said that they acknowledge ufos isn't even a big deal i mean that just seems crazy to me to me it seems crazy when i'm walking on a street because i'm not wearing the mask when i'm walking on a damn street in la i walk to work every every morning 15 minutes when i come back i walk back 15 minutes Everybody you don't got masks. you don't wear your masks, you don't you don't believe in it or what? It's nobody on the street where I walk. Oh, I got gotcha. But when I I see people with masks, to me it was unbelievable. If you tell me three months ago we all gonna wear masks, they're gonna be what is the band? It's like a world of bandits. Yeah, right. It's very strange. It's a huge shift. I mean, it wasn't that weird for me to see because I spent some time in Japan a few years ago and almost everybody there when they're traveling, especially on the trains and walking around, a lot of people have masks on all the time. And wow. that was odd to see, but they just they just do it. It's in their culture. So it wasn't it hasn't been that bizarre for me to see it. Um, I guess they just do it for health. Maybe they decided that it's a good thing. Maybe because you know they're around a lot of people the trains get real packed so maybe it's just their way of of like slowing the spread of like flu or anything but they've been doing that for a long time to me you know what the mask means more like fuck this planet it's a uh, let's take care of this let's make the air clean because before the virus why would you wear a mask because of the pollution yep so yeah it's very true. It is. Um, but I like Tim Pool. If you I'm, got, I'm bro, if you got to wear a mask in 2020, when you have computers, you have food. I mean, for us that we're a little bit civilized, for me, I'm dumb. But there's so many smart people <laughs> out there. And yeah. they can't get together to fix these things. Like you right. said earlier, to universal income for the first people. Feed everybody. Make sure everybody's got some food. They don't want to eat it? Fine. But they have a freaking uh, coupon or a ticket to go to eat uh, food. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to break a lot of businesses. You have to change the whole system. This is a tremendous... Trump can't handle uh, changing a system like this. So he would have to put together, like Joe Rogan says, like 12 smart people or maybe 24 smart people. I don't know how many scientists and say hey figure this shit out you know all the, the people on the planet let's just put everyone uh, so we know uh, of each other where we're at you have on facebook oh i am safe during the i don't know what shooting was happening in france i am safe i am safe do you remember putting flags on everybody's facebook uh i never really use facebook to be honest no well it's something like that there is a system where everybody's connected so you yeah. can actually connect everyone yeah well let, let's wrap up with tim pool and let's uh move on but uh, any final thoughts about him no 
George? No? No. But good good guy, smart dude. I hope we get him back on again. And definitely. uh Yeah, I see why you like him too. I, I'm definitely a fan. Next up we got fourteen sixty six, Jessime Peluso, comedian. Funny, funny. Um loads of energy. Um she's always a good time on the podcast. She says a lot of funny stuff. Joe and her had a good time. They really laughed a lot and I and I appreciate it. She was on not that long ago, I think, too. She's like maybe six months ago she was on. It's hard to remember when people were on, but but it wasn't that long ago. And uh I really enjoyed just kind of her energy. Uh it, they talk about comedy, obviously. Joe's not even writing anymore. He's not writing any comedy right now. I find that interesting. I would have thought during quarantine would be a good time to sit and write maybe more. But uh, he's taking a break. Mm-hmm. Well, he's concentrating on a podcast. Yeah, he's I think so. Writing for the podcast is kind of the same thing. Probably he's got like a bunch of guests lined up, all with dates. Then uh, he obs- he's obsessing more and more. The more view- viewers and listeners he has, he says, oh shit, he's like, a, he's like a fucking responsibility now. What is yeah. starting to be uh, something fun. Now I don't think Joe like worries too much about who's listening. He knows that his podcast is massive. I don't think he worries too much about that. He doesn't seem like much of a worrier. So he claims. Yeah, but yeah, but he's I don't know, he's an honest guy. He's he would say if he was, I think. I think he, uh, n- he seems I'm, to have I'm, a good. I know. Balance. I just sorry. I just never heard uh, him speaking about uh, this, like how he handles the guests. Like there is there is any pressure. Yeah, he's, he t- he talks about it quite a lot. He basically says that he he tries not to think about it. He tries uh-huh. not to think about who's listening just so he can focus on the podcast because otherwise it's the numbers are too big. It gets it, it he get up in his own head and he won't be able to just kind of speak freely, you know, about what's happening. And I think that's a good a good thing for any podcaster or anyone with a large audience to think about because you know you you could get overwhelmed with the responsibility of of who's listening instead of just saying look this is just my message this is what i've got to say and and just kind of let that happen uh anyway what did you think about jesame so he doesn't as a prepare person? any questions no i think he just goes off the cuff like sometimes he might if it's uh but but you know he knows what he wants to say so he just he just kind of thinks of it as he goes i don't think he has like a notebook with him he doesn't he, I, as far as I know I've never when you watch the video he, he usually doesn't have anything in front of him then it's, it's just a like conversation yeah yeah it's just a conversation really um, he's he's has an amazing personality Joe Rogan no wonder he's got so many listeners like I'm looking at myself as we're speaking about this and I say mm, I'm not like that like I'm under pressure right now I know you have like a bunch of listeners that are listening to you. You sound fantastic, like a nice dude from Santa Monica, UK, coming from UK here in America, comedian. And I sound like a immigrant, like a retarded immigrant. And no, you're, dude, I go all over the Stop thinking about it. It just don't worry about it. It's just a yeah. podcast. You well, just told I you. know. You're just having a I conversation know. with me. Don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. And I'm having fun. Um 
and I'm <coughs> I'm trying to enjoy myself, but in a, I know there is a pressure deep inside that I, I have. got you. Maybe so maybe I'm you're smoking too much weed, man. You're getting paranoid. No, no, there is no <laughs> for what paranoid. I don't I'm know. On a, I'm on a podcast and uh, it's paranoid. Only my worry is that someone is. Oh, I'm not gonna listen to this asshole, and they're just gonna hang up the radio. And then your right. uh, listeners, they're gonna go. Um, listeners still gonna come, but maybe the the listening time is gonna be less. True. So, okay, I, I'm done with this guy. All right. Well, it, let's me, not you. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. Right. So so, Jessame and Joe, they were talking. A big big thing that they kind of started off with. They were talking about, and this is something that you all have something to say about, people acting in movies and how good they are. And they gave the example, I think, of Will Smith playing Muhammad Ali. Like, he looked like Muhammad Ali. Like, he moved like him. He spoke like him. He, he was boxing well. And it's, it's just, it really is incredible to watch certain actors really get into the part and play, um, just play a part really well. They, they also talked about Jamie Foxx. I mean, he's so talented as a person. But... Um, just really incredible to watch um, them kind of become that person. Do you? Who's who's your favorite actor? Mm-hmm. My favorite actor. Yeah. There's or so like many one of them because they're so different. I'm not gonna pick, but I like Sean Penn. You like Sean Penn? I yeah, like he's he's definitely a good actor. Yeah. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. A child actor, and also we had like a terrorized childhood and career, and he lived well. And he didn't quit. He just kept acting. Now I don't know how old is Champagne right now. I don't know. He's probably in his fifties, I would imagine. Fifties. I didn't see I Champagne in the La- Last time I saw him, he was uh, with uh, El Chapo. When he captured El Chapo, dude. That's right. That's yeah, that was a crazy story. That was a crazy movie. Yeah, that was Champ- nuts. Champagne capturing El Chapo. You didn't right. imagine that. That's like Trump becoming president. Almost. They they. Yeah. Th- you remember when they talked about uh, snitches, like uh, the governor? I think it was was it of New York or I can't remember where, but one of the governors is is oh. like. He'd been giving incentives to like basically snitch on um, on people that were not taking care of themselves with social distancing and offering kind of a reward. And uh, you know, Jessime was definitely saying that this is seriously fucked up, and I completely agree. I think that's crazy. That's definitely not the America that I know. It is what it is. Remember when we spoke on the other podcast about the communist system where they were doing basically the same thing? Right. Ex- exchanging information at the lowest level of population, like family members. We need that yeah. info. So now well, it's definitely bad. Yeah, it's all about information. Now the virus carried this responsibility of social distancing. Right. Yeah. Oh, I saw on TV one guy went to the store and he wiped his nose on a lady that she was working at the grocery store. 
and oh, she, because she she asked him to put the mask on, and he just went and wiped the, his nose on her shirt, and left. Did he get arrested? I the fucking police, hope so. The police was looking for him. Oh, that's awful. That's gross. Yeah. Some other guy coughed. Oh, the two other guys, uh, three guys, killed three or four. Killed one security guard guy from a dollar store because they got into an argument about wearing masks. Because the security oh, guy was asking them to wear the mask. Yeah, people are, people are going to act nuts. Talking about things like that and people acting nuts and, and government control, they talk about the show Waco on Netflix. Have you seen this? The new show? I think it's like five or six parts. Yes, I've seen the whole show. Like, it was excellent. I started yeah, watching it. So I good. thought it's gonna be bad because I'm I'm pretty uh, critical. On, I I get bored. I just close it. I mean, it might be very good for the general public, but because I'm watching these things from a filmmaker perspective, and I'm always thinking how they shot and how they did this and that, the details, I get lost. And if the story is not really good to make me forget about my job and actually go with the story that wacko was pretty up there 90 over 90 percent good and it's hard to get the hundred oh okay i see it was just so shocking to me though i didn't know a lot about that story i know i i heard about uh the fire obviously and people died and that, that they were a cult um, but I didn't know the pressure that the FBI put on them. And I didn't know that the FBI went in like they did, used the gas, you know, basically trapped them. And then they all, you know, suffocated in the... F Sorry, spoiler. But anyway, it's uh, it was a really moving show. And it does make you think, like, this is why you do need to keep an eye on the government when they're doing things. You know, and the and the police and the FBI, they because they they can't have too much power without a lot of oversight because they can get up to some horrendous things. It was it was pretty awful. Um, but anyway, Jesame was great. She had a ton of energy, and uh, I I I really enjoy her being on there. She's one of the comedians, especially female comedians, that I like the most coming on the podcast. She always has a lot of really funny perspectives on things i liked it a lot um she was, she was very happy and yeah yeah she was, she was good she's really cool so the last <laughs> one of the week was alonzo bowden we're gonna go back and do the jack car one i want to finish up with that but alonzo is a stand-up he did podcast 1468 he's a good friend of joe's he's known joe a long time uh great guy he's been on a few times um always um has really interesting things to say he's a smart dude well thought out he's kind of calm he speaks in in like a pretty calm manner which i think is really cool and uh yeah he won last comic stand-up so last comic standing is a stand-up show on tv and it's pretty prestigious to be able to win that uh it's it's uh interesting i haven't watched a lot of that show but uh they do have really good comedians on there for sure did you participate in uh, this? Um, no, I've n I've never. I don't know anything about the show really, but uh, um, I know a lot of good comics will go on there, and uh, that you know their careers really open up when 
uh, when they win that, they get a lot of exposure, which is excellent. Anything that supports stand-up, I'm a big fan of. So even shows like that, I like. The the, the first thing they talk about is uh, the Marvel movies and the Marvel characters and the like. The who has the most power, whether it's like Thor or the Hulk and these different ones. Do you have a favorite Marvel character? No, I don't. Are you I you a fan of those this. movies or no? No, I never watch these things, dude. I mean, it's just, I'm watching, uh, it's fantastic from a business perspective. I'm watching all these special effects. At some point, that was the the best visual effect for me when I was in a cinema. No, no I wasn't I was in a cinema because I didn't go. I was actually in front of the computer. And I watched a bunch of superheroes flying through the air. But there was it was so... Something like I, I just... I died and then I woke up and there was just a different world of movies. There were like a car flying with a, another superhero flying, slicing, then another one shooting like some kind yeah, of Yeah, sounds great. Lightning. Right. Why, why would you right, not exactly. like that? That's awesome. I don't know. It's just I feel like the characters the characters are not defined uh, the way I like it. I get it. You should watch him though if you haven't. I mean, they're definitely worth it. Maybe you'll get into him. I I was acting in the first uh, Iron Man and a second one. I was You were in, in it? F- yeah, yeah, in the first one, I was in a courtroom. Yeah. In a what? In a courtroom. Oh, in a courtroom, okay. Yeah. And the second one I was a camera operator. No shit. Yeah. So did you wait? You were a camera operator filming the movie, or you just had a camera and you were in the movie? I was in the movie. Oh, I, I get you. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, now nah, I was filming. It was a press conference. I remember at uh, Stark Technologies, and it was huh. the ball guy speaking. The the dude, what's his name? Oh, Jeff Bridges, I think. Jeff Bridges, yes, Jeff Bridges, and then Robert Downey Jr. was coming in. Oh, that's pretty sweet, dude. So you at least saw that movie, right? You watched it. Uh, definitely, I was yeah. in it. I had to. I had to right. watch it. So, that know, one's a good me, one. Luke. I like the Iron Man. The Iron Man uh, movies were good. Well, the first two were good. The third one was a little wacky, I thought, but uh, still interesting. Definitely. Look. I have nothing. I'm not like Scorsese. Scorsese made a statement. Oh, this uh, he said something about the this uh, movies, the superhero movies. I'm just saying, they seem to me like a Sunday morning children kids show, uh, teen teens. When I was like I get twelve. It. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if it I'm, is a bit like that. If I'm thirteen, I want to watch this. Uh, superheroes all of them e- everything i don't want to go to school i don't want to learn anything nothing i just want to eat masturbate and watch the <laughs> superheroes but I'm yeah that 42 do you want me to watch that i can't i can't even i watch get Breaking it Bad i get now. it you gotta give me something good something amazing like tell me a tv show right now that i have to watch after we finish this podcast before um you should you should watch ozark if you haven't watched Ozark, you should watch, I watch that. Ozark. That's a great show. Season one, season one is good. 
season two gets weaker, season three and on, I just quit. Bad. Oh, you did? No. I, I really liked season three. I thought it was... There were some really cool things that happened in the last season. I liked it a lot. Okay. You Talking about movies, they talked about um, Godzilla movies. Like the old, old Godzilla movies. And, uh, you know, and these guys are older. I mean, Joe's in his 50s. I think Alonzo's about the same age. Um, and it, have you seen many of the old Godzilla movies? Like where the guy's kind of like in a costume walking around the miniature city? None. Zero. Oh, you haven't seen? Oh, dude. I mean, they're a bit wacky to watch now, but um, for the time, uh, they were so super popular. Godzilla movies. I used to love watching those when I was a little kid. They were they were great. I mean, uh, he he's a like a good monster thing, and he's kind of like good and bad. I mean, he smashes up the city, but he always like kills the monster. And uh, the way I grew up, it didn't nobody served me this fantasy characters. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe they maybe they didn't have it in your country. I don't know. But they, those Except are good. You should check them out. As a filmmaker, you should watch that. Superman and Spider-Man. Yes, these two for sure. You had them. Yeah, Superman was a great movie. But the rest. All of those. No. What did you think of the the kids eat, um, drinking hand sanitizer? They talked about that. I can't believe that a lot of kids are, but that is shocking. Why the hell are any? Why is anyone That's drinking hand sanitizer? For TikTok. What a bunch of dummies. To put it on Instagram or YouTube, it's not like a, one of those trends. No, I think they said that they're like getting sick from drinking this stuff. Yeah, I don't know to do why, but on YouTube. Mm. well, I that's guess. fucking stupid. Don't drink hand sanitizer, people, please. No, and don't eat detergent either. At some point, they were eating those little bubbles of detergent and putting. Oh it yeah, the you. Tide Pods. Right. That, mu that must have tasted awful. What the hell are they thinking? Just to be funny on YouTube and get on a trend, or on TikTok. Oh, I get you. Well, they should be banned. That's not smart at all. And then, and then, you know, they were talking about doctors coming out these days, and they're talking about the coronavirus. So, you know, doctors are supposed to come out and give us the information, the right information, because they went to med school and they know. And there's some of them coming out saying that this isn't even a disease, that in fact it's all caused by radiation poisoning. And that, that's kind of dangerous rhetoric. I mean, that's not a, a smart... I don't know shit about diseases and viruses, but I know it's not from radiation. That doesn't make any sense. It's got nothing to do with the 5G. It's yeah, I think that's what they're trying to push. I know, right? I just can't believe that this is still popping up and people are talking about it. It's like, what? Well, who, ca who came up with this it, it stupidity? Is like the flat-earth guy? I know, Probably. They pray at a meeting and, and just this is what they came out with. It's nuts. So it's like where do you get your information, you know, your your news from? Because there's so much fake news, so much misinformation. Alonzo was saying that he's a big fan of uh, the New York Times. He talked about that. That's a good place to get it. But that there's just so much bad information out there it coming at us from all different angles, from all these websites and news sources 
and articles. And uh, I think that's a big part of what's confusing people. All the mainstream media is believable. Like everything that you see, CNN, not Fox. You see why not? Because Fox is more like a newspaper that would say, oh, a UFO landed in uh, your hometown in UK. Right? Oh, but like one of those yeah, grocery like store ones? Yes. When CNN, it's a real news organization. A Voice of America. It's a government news organization. I know they have who knows how many employees, a hundred something, but they're all specialists, like journalists. I, it's not a government news organization. It's a private entity. Voice CNN. of America? What? Oh, no, I thought you said CNN. CNN, yeah. Yeah, uh, CNN okay. isn't run by the government. No, Trump hates CNN. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he can't stand it. You th- you think that's good news though? You like CNN? I like CNN. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch a lot if of I, it. I don't. If I see something about UFOs on CNN, I'm gonna pay attention. If I see something about UFOs on Fox News, I'm gonna laugh. I gotcha. So More of a CNN guy, George, huh? Or um, NPR? Is that a government agency? Which one? NPR. NPR, no, it's public radio, so it's it's not government. PBS. Um, I think PBS is subsidized by the government, but uh, I don't think it's run by it. I like. I don't believe so. Yeah, it's got some good stuff. NPR is good. I like NPR. They got a lot of good shows. That's a good place to get information. I'd say. Uh, When I get my news in the morning, I I ask Alexa and I just say Alexa tell me the news and uh she usually reads off uh npr for some reason i mean it's not something i selected but it's just what she picks npr is great yeah it is good it is good all right let's finish up with the jack car podcast my favorite of the week 1467 fascinating jack car is a former navy seal um very smart guy wrote a book called savage son so it's uh like a fiction but based on a lot of uh, kind of the action and things that he saw when he was um, um, like active military. And uh, Joe loved it. Joe loved the book. He was raving about it. I guess he didn't read it. He listened to it on audio, you know, the audio. But uh, yeah, Jack always wanted to be an author. He said he's ever since, even before he got into the SEALs, he wanted to be an author. He always planned on writing a book. And... um, you know, kind of kept that mindset all through um, the military. So, you know, that's how he would kind of see things and take notes and and think about putting these stories together. And when he got out and he retired, he wrote uh, some books. I think he's up to maybe his fourth book now. I don't remember exactly. But uh, he gave himself, he's a very disciplined guy, he gave himself um, a hell of a deadline of one year. And he said in one year's time, I have my book done, and uh, I think it became a, a New York Times bestseller. So, pretty badass. If you're into Navy SEAL stories and those sorts of things, you should definitely check that book out. What did you think about Jack, George? Is he married? I think so. Yeah, he's got kids. Wow. So, he made the kids after he 
came out of from the seals? I don't know. I don't think he said. I don't he remember say him that. saying. No, I don't think so. I would like I, to I know that, man. Because for, for a guy to have so much power, it must be the training that he's got in the seals. When he got out, he put himself, he said one year. I give myself one year to write this book. He started writing it, but not before getting a connection in the publishing industry. That's right. Yeah. It's so uh, he, he kind of figured it out as he went along because even when he had his book uh, written and they said they like it, um, the publishing agent I think said you need to get an a you need to get an agent. So the publishing company said you need to get an agent, lined up agents for him and it's kind of interesting hearing that process. Like he was really figuring it out as he went along. And there's there's quite a lot to it. Um especially because he had to send all of his writing off to the Department of Defense so they could um what's the word? Edit or choose what things they redact you know restrictions on the on the information because some stuff's classified right when it comes to these stories so they can't print everything right and the regiment acting like in a military so can you imagine he wake up wakes up in the morning does some exercise or whatever then he says now i'm gonna write and he yep. has a whole list, like creating the character. Like I know at least about uh, the process of writing. It's not an easy process. It is oh, so complicated because you have to be schizo, and your brain can go in so many directions. Because in the whole book, the story has to comprise all the characters and their behaviors combined with the actions of the characters that form this big story and if you have details that they don't matter or these people everything they do everything you write in there has to make sense like um, the story would be a chain and every little element would be one piece of that chain and yeah. if one of those pieces is broken then your book uh, in that particular portion of the book is not gonna make sense Jack so, talked yeah. a lot about like that process and the character development and and finding out the place for the character as it went and how they would act and I mean it it, it sounds like an uh, unbelievably arduous process to put a good book together. I mean Very obviously good. you've got to have a talent for writing but for storytelling too and creating the story it's uh it it's it really was quite amazing listening to his process and he's definitely put a ton of work into it i can't imagine how much time he's had to put into it last uh, year i visited romania and i got a contract from a filmmaker he was old he's like 10 years older than me he's like in his 50s and he was a professor at my university so I said, bro, I want to write some Romanian scripts and shoot some Romanian movies. And so, oh, yeah, I got excited. I said, Netflix, Roma uh, Romania, Netflix is here. Netflix is expanding all over the world as well as Amazon uh, Prime Video and all these people, Hulu, whatever the hell they are, HBO. And right. they are expanding. They are taking territories. So they're going to make Romanian films and Romanian TV shows and for other countries, Italian, French, they already started that. 
and make them to pop up on their Netflix feeds in France more than in America, if you make huh. sense. Just to get the market, the international streaming market. So the guy got excited and he gave me 500 bucks to start writing a feature length motion picture. I started right. writing, I finished the whole structure, everything, all the actions and the characters with the description and everything everything what they do everything is perfect this this film right i wrote i have the first 45 pages and the structure to the end of the film so we can see look almost done he had to give me another 700 dollars so we can finish the project right i never heard first of all uh from him again for months and now lately say hey george what's up and then and then I brought it up. I said, hey, bro. I sent him a message. I'm going to call him, actually. Hey, man, this is not about the 500 uh, euro I got from you. But you know the pain of writing this thing? Because I don't care about the money. This money is nothing to me. Compared with, you said we're going to write this. We're going to shoot it, this and that. And it didn't become reality. Maybe he thought it's a piece of shit, everything I wrote. But to me as a creator, because that's the conversation that we're having right now, it seems like I gave something out and it's nothing came back to me. It didn't become a picture. It didn't become from the brain, from the thought, to the paper, and to the screen. It didn't happen the screen. Did it? So, how long did it take you to write that? Those 45 pages? Four months. Four months, okay. Huh, wow. Is that the first time you've written a movie? I wrote many before. I told you, Adam, I directed 14 feature-length motion pictures. I wrote the first one, two, three, four scripts. I wrote them. Then the next, some of them I uh, shot. Some of them, um, they were adapted. I shot them adapted from old screenplays, from public domain. But most I got of you. my films... I wrote them. Yeah. Ah, I see. Now, with with Jack Carr's book, um, he did talk about them turning it into a movie, right? Was it Amazon or Netflix bought it? I can't remember. I think it was Amazon. They're gonna do like a, I think a ten part miniseries with it, and Chris Pratt's gonna play in it, which I thought Chris is badass. Pratt. I'm not sure if you were Amazon, was it? I don't, I don't remember. remember which streaming service. I mean, he may not have said. I think he said that he can't say. And uh, he told Joe in private. But but just uh, the fact that Chris Pratt's going to do it is going to make that movie really good, I think. Did you watch Extraction, now, the new movie on Netflix? What is surprising to me, what is surprising to me, is he a first-time author? I missed that. No, he's, this is his four, he's done four books, I think. Okay, so he's got experience. No wonder. Yeah, he's done four of these. So I, I think it's a series as well. And I think Joe maybe read the third one. So he kind of read them out of order. But uh, still good. I don't think it made a difference. But uh, being able to nail Chris Pratt for the, for the movie is a big deal. Because, I mean, Chris Pratt is a huge actor right now. A-list. And uh, he's... I think he, you know, he does action well. He he really does it well. 
I was yeah. saying though, did you watch Extraction on Netflix, the new Chris Hemsworth movie that's like crushing the numbers? Like no, it's I did not. It's done unbelievably well. It's pretty good. I mean, it's really all action. There's not a huge amount of like plot development, but the action's good. And Chris Hemsworth is pretty badass in it. It's a good movie. You should definitely check that one out if you get time. When you say action and you say Chris Pratt, combined with this SEALs dude, I'm thinking of writing this book and this series that he did. It has to come from a guy like him, like an action movie, like a yeah. real action film from a guy who has been in a SEALs, who can see the reality. He can, like, you stand in front of him and you're going to say something and he's going to say, bro, I got you. You know what I mean? He's so yeah, well, he talks about that. The guy has that. to survive. Mm-hmm. It's all based on his personal experiences. That's what makes this so real. And I think that's why people are really connecting to the book because they know it comes from a place of authenticity. Like this guy has real experience. He's been there. He's seen it. He's done it. And now he's telling, you know, a fictional story, but it's, but it's as real as it could be with the details. And I think that's super compelling. I like that a lot. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead, finish your thought because you was interested. No, I, I said that's why I think that this was my favorite podcast of the week, just because, um, uh, you know, this kind of expertise that he's bringing to this book. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, he's not just a writer that's good. I mean, he was a SEAL that did it. And that's that's amazing combination. Like, how lucky is that to for him to have been so good at doing both of those things and then bringing that story to life? It, it, very fascinating. I hope they get this guy on again. I really... I'm, I'm a fan of this dude. And I, I'm definitely going to have to check his book out. A guy that studied in a militaristic style the process of writing from refresh my memory he mentioned all writing Stephen King how to write a book plus many other names including one main author I miss it right now who has some structure rules on how to build a story and how to yeah I can't remember who that was either they did I think Tom Clancy they talked about as well uh, they mentioned his books. Uh, I think they're kind of similar. I'm not. I'm not super familiar with it, but uh, but anyway, it was a, it was a great podcast. I'm a big fan. Like I said, that was my top pick, and uh, and that's it. That really wraps it up for the week. So, anything else you want to add? Not much, man. I hope <clears throat> next time. I know I'm gonna listen to this back, and I'll say, George, you did it again. You sound like an asshole. So Dude, I just you did wanna, fine. Don't worry about it. You, you are great. amazing. Thank you so much for having me again on a podcast. Hey, good to have you on, brother. And thanks for everybody listening. We appreciate it. And we have a new one for you next week. Cheers, guys. See ya. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead.